This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you in? Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get reward points delivered too. So they're ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Chance to write his name in Huddersfield Town legend. And he takes that chance! Let Mark Fotheringham experience Rotherham. Welcome to the warm up episode 85. I'm your host, Brady Frost, and to preview Town's latest match, I'm joined by Tom Bradshaw and David Siddle. Tom, how are you and where are you this week, more importantly? I'm back home this week, Brady. Um, but I'm in my front room this week. There's a, oh. if you actually, no one sees this anymore, do they? So I can describe it to you. I'm in my front room, got a nice a sea paint in behind me. Um, I'm wearing a cap and I've got my Christopher Schindler jumper on. It's very small, but uh, it's, oh, yeah, nice. it's like an embroidered little Schindler um, on my uh, me left nipple. I love talking about nipples on this you podcast. You do. Though, so. problem, mate. <laughs> <laughs> and, and also you point out that when we do the little social clips, people will get to see you in your humble abode. So don't worry about that. Yeah. There we go. Good to hear. Uh, Dave, welcome back. Are you happy to get another call up to the squad? Because, you know, we treat this like England caps. And it should be respected in the same way. Yeah, I'm very, very happy to be uh, to be called back. So, so. <laughs> looking forward to shooting my caps in the post. Absolutely, we'll uh, we'll deliver it. We we like to wear caps on this uh, this pod. I'm not wearing one today, but Thomas. So um, uh, yeah, I've got my uh, Minnesota Twins baseball cap on. So. Respect, respect, nice. indeed. Oh, just like sports, don't you, Dave? Bloody hell, yeah. Sporting man over here. Uh, <laughs> okay, so let's get it started. Then let's uh, talk a little bit about Mark Fotheringham's Terriers. So four points in three games, uh, two 0 win at Hull, against Hull on Sunday, which I was at. Um, still 23rd in the table, but they are now two points off safety. Uh, it's still early in the season, but, you know, hopefully uh, picking up now. Town's op- uh, opponents, Rotherham, uh, they are 17th in the table and they're actually only four points ahead of Huddersfield. So again, early days, points, maybe not so important now, but um, not as far off as um, I initially thought when I looked at the table anyway. But Rotherham have a new boss, Matt Taylor. He's actually yet to win with the Millers. Again, caveat is it's only been two games. Um, but the South Yorkshire side are actually winless in four matches, um, which interested me. Um, so, Tom, obviously the new boss got his win on Sunday. Uh, do you think this is a good game for Huddersfield to build some momentum? Um, I think it's a big game, Brady. I know you're mm-hmm. saying it's only four points, but... Um... It would just ease it a little bit, wouldn't it? We, I mean, there's a strong chance we win on win on Saturday, and you 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 might jump out of those relegation spots for the first time this season potentially, which would be quite nice, wouldn't it? Um, uh, that I, I mean, ah, oh, it's going to be tough, isn't it? I think he like you touched on. He hasn't won yet, but they'll be he'll be trying to build something soon and he'll be looking at this first. Well, not not first. Is it the first home game for him? Or it might be his second, but it's kind of a, a one that surely he's he's looking at thinking, right, they they've struggled a bit. I know. Um 
Mate, I've just had that was the one of the worst sentences I've ever done ever. <laughs> I'm really sorry, everyone listening. <laughs> but basically, it's a big game. I think I'm I'm looking at it like we need to not lose it at least. I think. Yeah, I think it is quite a good uh, big game, like you say. Like I think both managers who are, who are new in their posts will look at this as one to target. Um, Dave, obviously, last time we had you on, we we didn't have Mark Fotheringham in charge. Um, what have you made to a start and how he kind of comes across in the interviews? He comes across pretty pretty well. For me. Lucy's very strict, very uh, disciplinarian approach, I think. Um, so I think he's laying, laying the law down well. I think he's looking to develop characters in the side. I think he's sort of prepared, sort of realises the situation where we're in and you need... You need characters that are going to get you out of it. You know, if we were talking, you know, I sort of agree. Saturday's a it's more of a, a, a not lose rather than a a must win. But um, I, think, I think you know it's, it's going to it's going to be a, a big 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 test for us. Um, for, even though their new manager is going to want to obviously get get a first win because the longer that goes on, but then we want to you know we haven't really been in a run this season as a, as a, a team. So to try and go free on beaten, especially when you got you know, four or five fixtures coming up in a very short space of time. Um, it's sort of important we don't sort of get into the habit of sort of losing. Really, we want to we want to sort of make sure we don't don't lose games. So if we're not winning, at least pick up a point and just get into that sort of build up that resilience. I think we just put it's, uh, put us in good stead last season, early doors. Um, so I think find winning's a habit as much as losing is a habit. Um, so it's about making sure we do 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 those right things on the pitch consistently. And um, have you been impressed with him so far? I, I know we've got a small sample size. Yeah, um, yeah. I think. I mean, I think I wasn't at the Reading game, but I think less said about that, the better. But going going to Luton and getting a a point, I think is a is a great result, especially to go three two down on the stroke half time. So so there's a you know, a lot of character and fire within that. And I thought the whole game was just a very sort of professional performance really which is kind of what you want over the course of a scene you can sort of see what he's trying to instill you know in the players and I think there's probably still a lot of work to be done so I think they're probably transitioning from what Skullford wants to do to what he wants them to do um, but I think you know, focus has to be about getting out of the relegation zone I think he sort of understands what needs to be done in that aspect before he builds maybe longer term but nah, I, like, I like what he says Um most of the time, a little bit, maybe a little bit worried that it might be too, too strict, and you might lose certain. I don't know, I can't think the best best words to describe it now, but yeah, that's sort of maybe that creativity you sort of need, or sort of that individuality that some players maybe have. But ultimately, ultimately, he's in charge, and the ones that's going to get judged. So, um, just going to support him the best you can. Yeah, definitely. And and Tom, you know, I think uh, his post match interview. Um, after the after the win, I think it, a lot of town fans liked what they heard. Um, mm. I don't know if you were one of them, but I suppose the the caveat to play devil's advocate here is: Do you think that could uh, rub up the players the wrong way? Because it is quite authoritarian, you could say. Even though he is, I suppose he's a new guy, he's got to come in and stamp his authority on the squad. Yeah, I I like it. I think. Um... One thing he said, he's not here to make, but he's pretty much said that, and he's not here to make friends with the players, kind of thing. He's come here to do a job. Um, I kind of think, I don't think Danny Schofield, that was his fault. I think the problem with Danny was he was a very good coach, and I think that was kind of his coaching manner to be quite have that kind of relationship with the players and to switch that is really difficult. You know what I mean? Um, I think that hindered him a lot. So I think Mark coming in and being like that is, uh, is really good to hear. Um, and at the end of the day, you don't, you don't want, if, if he doesn't think there's players who, who don't want to be here, then yeah, good. Fair enough. Don't, don't have them in and around the squad and stuff. And, um, there's a few rumors flying around in there about who those players might be that he's, he's, questioning um and we might see in a couple of weeks potentially really see who who he doesn't think's up for the fight so I like it though Brady yeah um and I, I also like that he's um blooding some of these young lads um because one thing I've always thought in the in the past is 
we get a lot of loan players in and um we supposedly have got all these 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 chaps in the academy who are, are good enough we're told a lot um and we're actually seeing that at the moment which is is really good yeah definitely um you know Ben Jackson I think was was quite positive on Sunday when I was there for sure one of the lads you mentioned but um we we were talking about Rotherham and how you think it's a big game um I think that the thing is obviously Paul Warren's left and I know you spoke to a a Rotherham fan, Tom. But they do, they're one of those teams when I look at them, they're just a solid team, maybe don't have any standouts, but um, we always pick an opposition key, key player. Did anyone stand out for you when you were having a little look at the, the Millers? Um, it's quite interesting. I think they are what they're a bit like Wigan. They're, they're a team, aren't they? They're, they're a really good collective group. Oh, I, it, it's a shame for them that Warren's gone because I, I feel like he, he might have been starting to build something this season, maybe really uh, just push on in the championship for once for them. Um, it's a lot to ask for Taylor because it's one of the, it's, it's so strange, isn't it? Rotherham are basically the, the Norwich of League One and the championship. they they just go down to League One and they just know it really well, know how to get out of it. And you can see why Derby went and went for Paul Warren as well in that sense. But there's a, there's a couple of lads. I mean, um, I quite like that. Uh, Daniel Beleza, Belaza, uh, mm-hmm. the the lad in the middle, um, who I think they got from Newcastle. He played a lot of games for them last season. He was, he was just quite pivotal in just being a, a solid player for them last year. Um, he's only 25. Uh, he's he's got a goal and four assists so far this season, which which is a pretty decent return, given that he's he's mainly had it, seen his trade in um, League One with Rotherham. So um, yeah, I, I, they've got some, but they they've always seemed to have some tidy little players. Rotherham, I think they they're quite sensible with who they bring in and stuff. Um, and they're a bit like us in a sense that I think they they bring in players to to hopefully then make money off, aren't they? So yeah, yeah. there you go, Brady. Thank you, thank you, Tom. Uh, Dave, <laughs> who did you single out from from Rotherham side? Well, I I did add a uh, Barlazer as well. I'll have to go to my uh, other options. Well, I had two. Oh, they got, sorry, um, Siddle. It's uh, it's okay. <laughs> I did I did my research anyway there. So. Uh, in preparation, but I had a couple of players. I got um striker who's called Ogbeni, who's got uh five five goals so far this season. It's physical presence up front, um, bit of a nuisance. Um, he's a well known. Also got um Brooke Norton Coffey, who's on loan from Arsenal, but um right wing back, who's a, a threat down that side. And they've got a few goals from uh his crosses, and he's just uh someone we have to watch on those those late runs. But yeah, I think as I say, Rob were very much uh, in that team ethos as well. Drilled. Everybody knows exactly what they're going to do. Where every, you know, uh, it's really interesting with a new manager how he's going to if he's just going to try and stick with that formula, or is he going to try and change, change, change philosophy a bit, um, and and put his own influence on that team. Mm. Yeah. I mean, um, you touched on the player. I I single that. I single that. Not coffee because I just think. Um, to be honest, I, I saw. I don't watch League One loads, but when I saw him at Lincoln, and obviously he's on loan from Arsenal, like you say, he was at Lincoln last season. I thought he played pretty well. And I, when we were kind of identifying a, a right right wing back, right back, um, obviously we've got Kessler Hayden and, and Turton, but I kind of wanted us to get him. And Tom will hear from your trip to Rotherham, but um, he was kind of singled out by the Rotherham fan. I just think you can't. Well, you know, I hate to be a bit. Uh, the cliche, but like fullbacks are so important in the modern game, and he's someone I think could have really worked for us. So um, I think particularly if he's going to be attacking that our left side, where Jackson, although I think has has come in and done well, you know Nakiyama, I think you could maybe get us there. So I think he could be, we could be seeing him a lot um, on Saturday. Um, but speaking of Rotherham, Tom, you were in Rotherham last week. You stayed there. You did a little scouting report for us, didn't you? I did. I, I I spent a week in Rotherham just to get a feel of the place. Um, just re- really, just get a sense of what's gonna what's gonna be like for the for the players. Um, maybe 
look at some stats of the what the weather's going to be like as well. You know what I mean? I think that plays a massive part in football. So I've got a weather report that I'm sending over to Fozzie um, for Saturday because he's, he's really keen on that side of things as well. But yeah, I went over and I caught up with uh, Matt from the New York Talk podcast. Unfortunately, I didn't go to New York. We've lost to a pub side. We've literally lost to a pub side. How do you think you'll fare this season and what are your expectations? I think it's fair to say that the prediction for everybody pre-season for Rotherham was hopefully please please stay up. Well, this is the year that we sort of finally break that duck um, of going down again. Um, good start, really, really good start up until when Paul Warren left. Uh, I think most Rotherham fans were sort of thinking, right, you know, this is it. This is the, We've got the players in and around, they're performing. Uh, defence looks good, midfield looks good, stat looks good, so on and so on. Um, since then, we've lost two, drawn one since he's left, uh, and drew the last one before since 4-4-1 left. So there's certainly a, the positivity when the club has dropped. But I think for the most part, there still is that uh, that belief in the uh, certainly the fans um, that we can stay up. We've got some great players that just need to just need to find their form again uh, after a little bit of drop, which is going to happen. It's four six game season, obviously, so you're going to have you know good spells, bad spells, whatnot. Um, we just dropped into maybe a little bit of a bad spell, so that's sucked out the positivity at the time at the moment. Paul Warren has been such a massive part of recent success. Can Matt Taylor live up to and replicate that success? Um, Paul Warren leaving was uh, a shock to the system. Obviously, linked with the Huddersfield job very very briefly, ended up dropping down uh, to League One to go to Derby. Huge blow because you know he signed all these players. Even in six years, it was essentially his team. Yeah, in not only players in terms of backroom staff and everything else, which he took with us. Um, hurt the fans. Hurt the fans a lot. All that positivity from the start disappeared as soon as he left, and we last we still haven't quite gained that back yet. Uh, Matt Taylor is probably a really good um, replacement. I think him and Mark Bonner were the two favourites. Matt Taylor eventually took the job uh, after after a bit of uh, bit of speculation from the, from Mark Bonner, but. He talks well. Uh, that's all we can sort of say. He's only played, only, only managed two games, and, and there was no, basically no train train time before those games. Um, this game against against Huddersfield is the first. He's had four weeks with the training with the reserve game in the middle. So I think this is the this is the game we potentially start to see his ideas come in uh, fuller. You know, with, with a bit more idea. It, one thing that has sort of shone start to start with is we're playing less direct, less balls in the box. Um, in you know from from free kicks in end areas on the poor one, they will go straight at the box. So far in these two games, the Matt Taylor, it's been not not quite the opposite. But you know, we, there is we are we aren't putting the ball in the box as much. So that's one real change that we've seen. I don't see why he can't, but successful. He's he's saying the right things um, so far. Well, only time will tell. You know, if we, if we go and don't win the next five games, then obviously questions will start to come in again. Which Rotherham players excite you the most for the season ahead? If we had to pick out a player to who's exciting this season. Uh, there's only one really this season so far that well, harsh on the rest of the team. Uh, Brooke Norton Cuffey. Um, we have him on loan from Arsenal, right wing back. 18-year-old kid. Um, and honestly, yeah, if, if he could go to the very top. He is genuinely something special. Um, he is lightning quick. Going forward, he can take on a man. Uh, he has this way, a, a way of coming out with the ball, what feels like all the time. He wins those 70-30s that aren't in his favour. He just wins the ball and comes out with it when it just doesn't look like he should. So from a defensive point of view, he's, he's really, he's really really good. Like he says, only 18, so he isn't perfect. His crossing is not very good. And there's a couple of other bits that he needs to work on. But the basics of him being an excellent player are already there. Um, we're already worried he's going to get recalled in January by Arsenal and sent, sent somewhere further with the table. Uh, so we've got to maybe enjoy him while it lasts. Um, but that threat down that right-hand side from him, assuming he plays, which I think he will, is going to be definitely something to look out for. And what's your prediction for Saturday? Um, prediction Saturday, I've got to go positive. Um, I've having I've, Matt Taylor had a full week to get his ideas and get some full training into, into the bodies. Um, I hope that's going to pay off. Um, I will go for 2-0 to Rotherham. My home record has been pretty good, other than against Wigan. Um, so I expect us to continue that. And yeah, like I said, I'll go 2-0 I'll go to the Millers. And there we go. It was a lovely, lovely chat. Yeah, you didn't go to New York, but um, Rotherham is also famous for its concrete jungles, isn't it? Yeah. Um, <laughs> do you know what? Um, I, I, it was the first time because whenever I 
I've been to Rotherham, it's normally been dark. I don't know. We normally seem to play them on a, a night game, so I've never really. But this was the first time I because I where I was, I was I actually went past the stadium, and I never knew the old stadium was so close. And it's basically all still there as well, which is mad. Like most of the stands are still up and stuff. Um. Yeah. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what you're going to say. You're going to say something. I know. Do you know what? Alan Lee scored a very good goal there for them. I think it was the one where it gone promoted. Well, there you go. He's a legend you know he, in, for Rotherham. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I've only ever been to Rotherham. I've not actually been to any town away games, but I did go see England women there. And um, to be fair, they're always hosting, like when there was the Women Euros this summer, they were hosting some games. So they're, quite on it with that which is good um but yeah it was it's quite a nice stadium so i think from, yeah so. i rate it i do rate it as a, a nice little stadium so i like i like the steepness of it you've got a good view everywhere <laughs> this is what uh the listeners come for but i tell you what speaking of things the listeners came for um i did a little poll because um you know i know we're the preview pod but i thought it was worth mentioning because we saw we saw someone who a familiar face over the over the internet yesterday. It was a former manager of ours, Carlos Corbran, um, and we was kind of chatting about it in one of our group chats, where basically we all have a moan about football, um, and it kind of prompted me to to talk about um, you know now that time has passed about Carlos Corbran leaving town. So we did a poll on our on our Twitter account, and um, the winner. So basically the question was, how do you feel about Carlos Corbran leaving Huddersfield? Um, and the winner with 44% was a bad exit, but still like him. Um, and, but the next one was 30%, which was hate him for how he left. And we got quite a few comments about it. Um, mm. Tom, I know we kind of did a special episode after he'd left. And I was kind of like, I could see from his position, you know, he financially hadn't been, you could say maybe hadn't been supported. Um, and then we saw... After he left Schofield, you know, we paid the rumor is we paid over a million for Helic. We brought in more more players. Um, I suppose I was going to ask you really, and I'll come to you, Dave, as well. But it's, you know, there has been a bit of time now. Have you, have you changed your feelings on on that and how how you feel about him leaving? Uh, I don't. I don't. I just. I don't really respect him. <laughs> Basically, I. I mean. I'm not gonna applaud him if I if he ever came back. Basically, I just, I, I it just not the thing that annoys me is he just left us with so little time to then prepare. And I know that the thing was Schofield was supposed to come in and almost um, carry it on, but in reality, you you didn't just lose Carlos. You lost um, who's who was the other George Jorge Jorge the other mm-hmm. coach. So you 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 lost half of your almost half of your key coaching staff basically, um at the beginning of the season like just before the season started pretty much um, so yeah I I'm I'm not happy with him basically Brady. Not on your Christmas card list. No, exactly. <laughs> no, fair enough. Um, Dave, what about yourself? Have you have you changed how you feel about Carlos, or is it kind of you know it, it, that's football that is what it is. Yeah, I, I'm kind of of the uh, just the opinion that you know, for management is it's it's just a job. I mean, I sort of agree; it's not an ideal time to leave. I, you know, I have no, I don't know what went on before that. It was promises made that then broken that prompted him to to leave. But I think you know did a good job for us when he was here. Um, ultimately, if you got a chance in your profession to to move on potentially, then most of us would take it. I don't know if football's any any different. Um, my my biggest gripe was just letting him go for for nothing really. We could have put him on on gardening leave and maybe got some compensation for him from from a club really. Um, but yeah, I've, I've no real no real issues with him to be honest. Um, so I'd I'd probably applaud him if he came back um, just for the job he he did for us when he was here for like second season mainly. But <laughs> first season probably was a uh, glossed over I guess by the second one. <laughs> yeah, I think um, if I'm being honest. Uh... I would. Um, I was initially with him. I think that interview kind of annoyed me, but I understand like he's been linked to jobs. You kind of got to put your face out there. Um, 
Yeah, I, I wouldn't boo him, uh, I don't think. I, I think I'd, I'd probably be like, oh, you know, he gave, to be honest, he gave me one of, last season, one of the best seasons we've had for a long time. Um, so I would, you know, I would be really grateful for that. I think it's like, you know, obviously he's been linked with some of the vacant jobs like West Brom and Middlesbrough. Um, if we played against him, I, I think, you know, I'd, I'd probably, I probably would, you know, like clap him and thank him. But then um, I would enjoy if we beat his team. <laughs> so uh, I think it's one of them. But yeah, I don't, I don't regret him. I, I, you know, I think loads of people think he was tapped up. I still, I still don't believe that. I know Bryony when she was on here, and after after the news, she disagreed that it had been tapped up. I think it's just, just one of them. You know, um, we lost a lot of good players, and as we've seen this season, we're suffering the consequences. Um, I don't know, yeah. Brady. It is interesting, though, isn't it? We lost, we lost three players to clubs owned by <laughs> uh, the guy who I can't even I don't remember his name, but owner of Forest and Olympiacos together. American asset. And then and then lost as manager. They, they, they've just sacked their uh, head of recruitment today. So. Yeah, <laughs> haven't they, Siddle? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, to be fair, like people, people were saying, oh yeah, you know, like he, um, Carlos was always like planned to go there, but they did have Pedro Martins, and like the only reason at the start of the season, and they signed all the players they wanted him to sign, and then he didn't get Champions League, so they sacked him. So I don't think it was as, if I'm being honest, I don't think it was as planned as people like to think. I think they were happy to go with this other coach, and then he didn't make the Champions League, and then. Mm. Carlos was out of work and obviously he sees. So um, I know some fans will get annoyed about that, but unfortunately, um, in my opinion, it's not the big conspiracy theory that uh, Tom may think. We tinfoil hound. I don't know. There's something there's some fishy going on there, Brady. Something fishy, <laughs> eh? eh? Well, I'll tell you what, we'll take a break and we'll sort this out like proper men. Cosy, what, what's your favourite away day? Matt, it's got to be the city ground at Nottingham. Just old school stadium, you're right near the pitch, great atmosphere. But there's nothing like playing at home. Same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure. 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Okay, so Tom and I have had a scrap. I think it was, um, it was, you know, all I'm saying is, you know, yeah, I might look beaten up, but you should see how he looks. Uh, <laughs> anyway. Ripped his nipples off again. You did. What nipples? You think they've rubbed off? <laughs> all smooth. All like a Kendall. Um, it's time for the mailbag. You've got mail. Listeners may be familiar with some of the names we got uh, in the mailbag this week, and we'll go with this first one. Freddie Cocker, who? Uh, he says, given the way Mark Fotheringham is utilising the B team, do you think he'll demand signings in January? Uh, Dave, what, what are your thoughts on that? Uh, I think it's going to depend, lots going to depend on how, how they do, to be honest. Um, I don't know if we're going to recall players back potentially as well on loan, because a lot of the sort of B team aren't sort of aren't really the, the, the B team as such. We got what seventeen players out on loan, so you'd imagine someone like Phillips or Havert, maybe Phillips. He's thinking he's doing quite well at Morecambe. Might come back into the fold in January. He might want to take a look at some of the options that maybe um, we have have out on loan other clubs. I think he's probably going to be. I think it's part part of it's very fun. He's identifying weaknesses within the team, so I think maybe demanding side. I think he's going to be looking at. Areas he thinks needs to be strengthened before I think he maybe goes to um, ask asking for signings because there's no point sort of asking for signings if you don't know exactly where you want to be strengthening in the first place. 
Yeah, yeah, really good point. I mean, um, I saw yesterday we played Rotherham in a B team game, and yeah. Scott High was playing for them. Um, <laughs> big, so it's big, just you can't mm. play Saturday, can he? So yeah, yeah true, true, true. true. Um, I still think when well, you talked about players who can maybe bring back, I I would bring Scott High back to be honest. I think we're a little light in midfield still, particularly if Kasumi is going to um, mm. get cards and. Um, you know, like has his injury concerns, but um, yeah, Tom, yeah. do you what do you think? Do you think um, he'll want any signings in January, or do you kind of agree with what Dave says? He might, he might have a couple of um names on his list, like Wagner did, you know what I mean? A couple of lads from Germany that he he knows of that he might he might think, Oh, I wonder if we can get them over for a pretty decent little wedge, do you know what I mean? Because you look at some of those signings. I mean, we spent money that first Wagner season, but some of them were, were very, very good signings for the amount of money we paid for certain players. So, yeah, you, you never know, do you? Um, but I'd, he, he obviously likes some of the young lads as well, so he might just utilise them. But I think every manager has someone, don't they? They have some people on their list that um, they think, yeah, I'd, uh, I'd like to see if we can at least try to get them. It depends how we're doing, doesn't it, at the time as well. So, um, I mean, if we're still, if we're cut adrift, <laughs> they're gonna bother <laughs> giving him any money. Or like, if we're if somehow we've clawed us way up that table and maybe got a chance of getting into the playoffs, then yeah, you never know, Brady. I, I know you're laughing at that, but I actually. I look, I haven't looked at the table because I've. I'd, you never do when you're near the bottom, really, do you? But you're not that far off things. Town go on a little run. You never know. Yeah, yeah. No, I just I was laughing because I enjoy your positivity. I mean, um, <laughs> we are... How many points are we off the playoffs? Ten. So, yeah. you know, strange things have happened. Um, I think with the... with the, with the To answer Freddie's question, um, I think you guys touched on it. There. Like, It depends how we're doing. Uh, I also think, you know, we keep talking about it, but the break that's going to be strange. There's a lot of games to play between now and the World Cup, but also have four mm. weeks to work with the squad. So I think, you know, that will be quite telling and maybe how we, you know, how we come back in the first couple of games. But I won't be surprised if he wants to add to it. You know, I, I think there's some areas we're like, um, I chatted to Matt today and I know Tyree Simpson's expected to come back, like I think after the World Cup, but if we are going to play, you know, we've been playing Rose and Ward, um, you know, two up top. I, I think one of them is unfortunately going to not be able to play 90 minutes every week. Um, I know Charles Ondo played Sunday, but maybe that's another area, even if Simpson comes back, that we look at. I think midfield, we've talked about it, Tom, you know, um, you know, come up. I know we've got options, but Russell's out of form, which I don't think people were expecting. You know, Kamara's burst on the scene, which has been good. We've talked about how much we miss Kasumi, maybe somewhere we look at, but um, yeah, it'd be interesting. I, I wouldn't be, I, I think we will sign people in January, but again, the the demand, I suppose, depends on how we're doing. So uh, mm. maybe one to, to wait and see with that. Um, so Marcus Wilkinson, um, Marcus, you are welcome on the pod, not heard from me in a while. I know you're at Bolton, but you know, this is your proper club. Don't worry about it. Um, he asks, how much does Etienne Kamara remind you of Philip Billing? Dave, we're having a little chat about this. Um, does he remind you of Philip Billing? I can't tell. He's only played a, a few games. He, he covers a lot of ground like Philip Billing. I, think he's, um, I don't think he's quite as comfortable on the ball this year as as, um, as, as Billing was. I think, I think he works well in that sort of like double pivot, which I think Billing probably needs more of a three-man midfield. Um, so I think it's sort of slightly different in that aspect, but um, but yeah, they can def- definitely see sort of some some sort of similarities in their play as well. Um, but yeah, I don't I don't, I don't think he's uh, he's got a better tackling ability than Billing had, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. Tom, do you do you see any similarities? A bit, it's weird because Billing's like kind of quite an attacking player now, isn't he at Bournemouth? Yeah, um, a little bit. I... But no, I think I think um I like I like the way Kamara moves. I think I think um Billing was um 
I don't know. One thing town fans thought about Brilliant, wasn't it, that he he doesn't look like he's trying. Uh, it was that kind of running through like mud, basically, with Billing. Um, and I think one thing Kamara will have in his favour, when he's running for the ball, it actually looks like he's sprinting for it. I'm not saying Billing didn't ever sprint for it. That was just his style of basically running. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Um, but I, th- I think there might be some similarities there. Um it's going to be interesting, isn't it, to see how he develops. I'm trying to think when when Billing first came on. I think, do you know what? I think Kamara looks... I feel like... I think Kamara looks a bit more physical at this stage than Billing did when he first appeared. I remember Billing being such a skinny little lanky kid. Um, whereas Kamara, I don't know, he just looks a, looks a little bit more about him at the moment. Um, I think there's so a little, yeah, little bit more fight about him, I think, or some or yeah. appearance sort of fight in him. It is going to be interesting, isn't it? Because it'd be great if we had another Billing-esque uh, academy lad on his hands, wouldn't it? Yeah, definitely. I I, um, I think, weirdly, I, I think John Russell, for me, when he was on form, reminded me a bit more of Billing in terms of skill set, because I think Billing... I know he's a bit more attacking now, but he would always score like a, you know, a, like once, twice he scored a bit of a screamer. Um, the similar, uh, where they are similar, I think it's, I think they're both, they appear quite relaxed on the ball. Um, I think Kamara, you know, in the first half of the game against Hull, he was maybe hanging on to it a little bit too long, which kind of reminded me of what Billing was like when he first bur- uh, burst onto the scene. So I can kind of see similarities, but um yeah, I suppose to answer the question, like not, not massively. I think they're kind of like different players, but um, Kamara's been, you know, um, for me on Sunday, he was excellent second half. It was it took a while to get going, but you know, he, what his second start, I think he looks very exciting. And I know they've banged on about it on the main pod, but we need to tie him down to a contract as soon as possible because uh, clubs are going to be sniffing if he carries on this form. Um. Yeah, so uh, Car- Casual Terrier, he asks, uh, and this is the best question I think we got, or one of them, uh, who would win in a straightener, I'm assuming this is a fight, between Mark Fotheringham and Jonathan Hogg? Uh, I'll Ooh. go with this one first. I think it'll be a really tough fight, and I think Hoggy would win, but I think it'd be a lot harder than he thinks it is, because Hoggy's more in like the physical shape, but I wouldn't mess with Mark. Tom? I don't know. I don't know enough about Mark Fotheringham, Brady. I don't know what kind of player he was. You know what I mean? Like I said, Hoggy's always up for a scrap. <laughs> um, man, I don't know. I don't know. You put me on the spot too much. I'm, I'm probably backing Hoggy just because I know more about him. But then there's the wild card in Fotheringham, isn't it? There. <laughs> Dave, I mean, if you want to get your opportunity in about uh, Scottish stereotypes, but um, it looks, I, I wouldn't mess with Mark. You know, Stephen, Ch- I would love to get Steve on this pod and ask him about that press conference because, uh, you know, I think if he started shouting at me, I would uh, would be quite scared. I don't think you even need to shout. I think he starts talking. You'd uh, you'd listen with that accent there. Um, but I think I think I think Hoggy would win on a on on points. I think he'd uh, he'd have he'd have the stamina to. To, to to outdo him in a, a few rounds, so I'd, I'd, I'd back hockey with the uh, the caveat that I think Fothing's probably got a haymaker in there. That is a... <laughs> point. Maybe we should put it to a Twitter vote. And see what yeah. see what people say. I I, I know mm. we've all gone hoggy here, but I just think um, you know, not that I'm an expert in fighting, but I think uh, you know, persistence counts for a long a long way in a fight, and I think I think Fothering might have that. So so we'll see. Yeah. Um, anyway, one so the final question we got this week. Uh, oh well, thanks to everyone who sent them in. But uh, rugby league Anorak he asked, um, and this was interesting because we've been quite full of praise for Fotheringham. But he says, "Is everything that comes out of his mouth just hot air?" Um, Tom, you know, he talks a good game, uh, and I think we've all been a bit, uh, you know, engrossed by it. But um, yeah. do you? I suppose the question is maybe wait and see. What What do you think? You've got to follow it up by results, haven't you? I remember Jan had the had the odd 
little phrase now and again, didn't he? What did he call it? Like when he first came, football is the soup or something oh, yeah. along the lines of that. And it was kind of a bit like he came out with all these little phrases before he'd even really started and kind of got everyone on side. And then obviously <laughs> once you start just losing constantly, it's not it's not going to help you, is it? You'd look like a bit of a Muppet. So you've kind of got to back it up if you're going to go out there and have all these little phrases and kind of come across the way you're coming across. And yeah, hopefully your, your system works and stuff. But I, I think I think from what I've heard, though, the stuff that he does say, I, I actually I'm quite on board with it. Um, I like what he's saying. It's, it's he's just bringing back hard work, basically. That's what I think, and he he actually comes across really well, um, especially the the interviews he does with like the the club stuff, so like with Raj and stuff, and he's like saying his first name and stuff, and I don't think I've ever heard a town manager be that friendly with the media team and I know I'm not, I mean I'm sure they're friendly with but he just he speaks to people like <laughs> they're normal people in the street you know what I mean it's just um it's it's quite refreshing actually yeah no no it's a good point uh Dave I suppose one of the criticisms I saw about is um you know his kind of like rallying call of a press conference was some people say it maybe it's like pandering to the fans a bit too much. Um, what, what do you think? Um, it might be, but I think it also is important here to get the fans on board as well. It wasn't, you know, his appointment wasn't exactly gre- greeted with a open arms, so to speak. So I don't, I don't think it's a bad, bad move to maybe to get the, the fans on board and maybe give a, a genuine insight into what what he wants. I think maybe I think he's maybe just been as, as open as he, he can be with what what he wants and what he expects. Um, he maybe hasn't had you know the same level of media training maybe as other managers have had previously. I, I don't know, but sort of just comes comes across. I think he's just trying to be as as, as open and honest. And you know, in this case, having the fans on board isn't isn't a bad thing. You know, in a situation we're in, um, you, you need you need everyone to get behind you. So I don't, I don't see you know if it is pandering. I don't see necessarily at this stage anything wrong with that. Um, it's part part parcel of the, the job he has to do. Um, I say as Tom rightly says, it's the results that are going to be the ultimate determining factor um, on whether or not you know, his words come to fruition, I guess. Um, but I think yeah, the only thing you sort of notice he used a lot of like I in his press conferences rather than we, maybe. So I don't know how that comes across with working with maybe the, the coach and staff already in place. If he's going to look to bring in like one of his own people or something like that for that sort of as an assistant. But it's, it's still early days. So I think he's just sort of get, getting used, used to ropes a bit. Yeah, definitely. And I think, you know, when he came in, there were two, the Reading game, like you said, the less said about that, the better. Luton is a tough game. Uh, Luton away is a tough tough game for any team in this division. And, you know, like he is a young coach and he, he's learning on the job. You know, that's why he's at town. And I think I'm very much of like, you know, you've got, a, it's all about momentum, isn't it? And like, if you've just got your first win, I know Holt were quite poor in the game at times, I thought, but, you know, like if not, straight after your first win and like you say his appointment wasn't wasn't not well received but you know he was it was Wagner there was a lot of talk about Wagner so I think if you're not Wagner I can kind of understand why you'd be like yeah no this is who I am on the back of a win so um you, you're both right though like yeah I think um if we get a positive result against Rotherham everyone's kind of more on board whereas like maybe if we go there and get embarrassed it's um you know it looks mm-hmm. a bit silly but yeah, I don't. I don't think you can really judge him for doing that. I, I'd probably do the same <laughs> in that situation. But yeah, um, okay, cool. So we'll move on. So it's time for the other boss. So the last lineup was a three-five-two. Uh, talking about that whole game. So we had Nichols, Lee's, Helic, Nakiyama, and then the five was Thomas, Rodoni, Kamara, Holmes, Jackson, and you had Ward and Rhodes up front. Um, Tom, would you make any changes to that team? I don't know. I quite, I quite liked that team. You know, um, Jordan Rhodes has been great, hasn't he? Um, he's doing, he's doing everything you want from a kind of striker his age. He's yeah. so smart. Like <laughs> he's so smart now. Imagine if he was like some of the fouls he draws and stuff, and it, it just gets us so far up the pitch. And 
calms things down so many times as well. And, and the way Thomas and his assists are going as well, it's, it's really valuable that at the moment, isn't it? So um, I don't know. I don't know if I'd change anything. Is is um, Kasumu back? Because it was a yellow and a yellow, wasn't it? So is it only yeah, it one be game back? back? So then I'd, I'd probably put him in for Rudonne. I don't I don't think he played terrible, but I, I do think he, he just struggled a little bit in the middle because I don't I don't think that's where he's best anyway. I don't think he's really a centre midfielder, is he? And he's kind of been shoehorned in there at the moment. So I think if Kasumu is available, then he goes in there and then pretty much I'm keeping it the same, I think. Um I thought Mahoney came on and looked lively. Um, so maybe, I, I'm not saying starting, but at least I hope to see him maybe come on again. Um, but yeah, I, yeah, I thought pretty pretty good. It'd be just be good to see it just to be a bit more solid because I think Hull had chances um, and at some points we were a little bit lucky that they, they didn't really hit the target, basically. Mm. Yeah, I think... Um... I'm with you, I'd bring Kasumu in, particularly if we're playing away from home and like they've got a new boss and the, you know he wants to make a good impression. Um, but yeah, no, I, I quite like the team. He's spot on about Rhodes. I, I've never seen, since Rhodes has been back in his second spell, he ran so much on Sunday. I was in, I was so impressed. Like, I, he was absolutely knackered. Um, <laughs> he, he was unlucky to hit the post as well because he really deserved, deserved mm. to call it. I thought he worked really hard for the team. Um yeah, Mahone, Mahoney's an interesting one, like you say, as well, because listening to Mark Fotheringham's like, press conferences, although he joined as a winger, he kind of sees him as quite a versatile player, like as the number 10. And, and yeah. you know, he was playing like centre mid at a point. So it, I think that's quite a, quite a smart pickup, really. So it could be interesting to see how that develops. Um, Dave, are you making any changes? To it, would you bring Kasumi back in like us? Yeah, I'd bring Kasumi back in. Um, I don't, I don't like Rudoni in the in a deeper role. I think it, I think his best best position in formation we play would be probably where Drain Holmes plays. But you can't drop Holmes at the moment for me. Which I think that you see, if I had said that eight months ago, no one would believe me. But he's, I think he's <laughs> he's been been superb so far this season. Um, so happy happy to be proven wrong on that one. Um, but yeah, I'd put Kasumi in the midfield. Um, and yeah, I don't think you want to change a winning lineup too much, to be honest. Um, I'm not a big fan of Ward and Rhodes up top together, but we haven't got any other options really. So you have to have to make do with what, what you've got, I guess. So um yeah, but I that that would be the only change I'd make to the to the team. I don't I don't think you make a too many changes to a team doing well or well, doing well, winning the last game. Yeah. yeah. Um what what is it about Roden? Uh, Rhodes and Ward that you don't like up top. I just don't think there's enough. There's not enough, not enough pace and mobility, really. I don't. I don't think it works well together. I think it sort of get, bring, brings it out and then it sort of breaks down a bit too, a bit too easily. Really, Ward looks a little bit lost alongside Rhodes. They're sort of both there as sort of poachers almost, mm. and we don't doesn't really doesn't really feed off doesn't really work one of them seems to get sort of at the moment ward seems to sort of get lost in games really which isn't, isn't really what you want um i'd always be tempted to sort of play like holmes and Redoni and behind jordan road and then bring ward on later on in the game or or vice versa so play play two number 10s in behind the striker um and let Redoni maybe more, sort of like a shadow striker run one late into the box and and, and make 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 those sort of runs that he was doing at AFC Wimbledon um, last season. Yeah, yeah, no, that's a really good point because that's. Uh, I remember when we signed him, like a lot of Wimbledon fans said he's really good at arriving late in the box. Yeah. So, yeah, no, I I agree with you. I don't think Ward's looked his like as good as he was last season. Um, that's why we kind of touched on it. I think Simpson will be key because he has got that mm. that pace. Because I agree with you, the criticism I'd have about. Rhodes and Ward is, you know, they're not the quickest. And I think, um, you know, it's a bit of an obvious thing to say, but I think having a speedy striker gets you, it really helps you stretch defences and um, it's quite, it still works quite well in this league. Okay, so we've looked at the uh, formations, but what about our score predictions for this one? Tom, early kickoff. Always think early kickoffs are a bit weird. Geek always get a bit of a meh result. Yeah. Um, what are you thinking about this one? 
Uh, on the, I did a little write up for the Rotherham podcast. I said, I said one all. Mm. I think if we don't lose, I'm I'm happy with that result. To be honest, um, be really good to get another clean sheet. I think we'll we'll get a goal. So it's just whether we can, um, yeah, be, just get back to the defense we had more last season. You know what I mean? Just be a bit, be a bit tighter back there. Um, I thought Hellick, uh, he he was very good as well. Just touching mm. on Hull, he really came into the game, didn't he? But yeah, uh, I'll go one nil. I'll be positive. We're going to win three three points, one nil. Nice. Uh, Jordan Rhodes to score. Hey, nice to see you getting close to that hundred. That does happen. Uh, Dave, what do you think for this one? Rotherham have actually got quite a good home record this season. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking probably, I'm thinking a, a nil-nil. I think, they tend not to score too many, but they don't give much away. I think it would be quite a, a cagey game. Um, and I don't think we've got the, the greatest attacking threat at the moment. So I think we'll, uh, I think, I think it'd be a, a nil-nil personally. Yeah, um, it's hard to disagree. I, I think this will be a tight game. I, I went for a score draw on one all. Um, I, I, I think again, just picking up points, and you know, even the the wonderful Carlos Corbran uh, only got a one all draw last season. Um, yeah. you know, this season at Rotherham. So, um, yeah, I don't know who am I going to go to score. I think I keep saying it, and I'm just maybe willing it into existence. But I think Rodoni could score here. Maybe come on, get one. I could see them scoring interesting, first and us scraping the draw. Yeah. Be interesting to see if Rudoni gets that goal and it just makes him just be a little bit more confident. Because um, mm. I just think at times when he, he gets that chance, it's just always, it just seems a little bit rushed or just seems to fall at the last hurdle at the moment. So, it'd be, yeah, I think it'd be really great to see him pick up his first goal just, just to just give him a little boost because... Some of that stuff he did for Wimbledon for a very uh, quite a poor Wimbledon side last year was um, quite impressive. Yeah, I think a lot of that needs to come down to a settled position for him as well because he's sort of been moved yeah. about a little bit. I don't know, you know, had two managers now. He doesn't maybe both put him in different different positions, different roles. So it's very hard when you've sort of played for a team as sort of one of the main players in a set role to move somewhere else and you know start playing a mm. deeper role, asking you to do a different job, and then new manager comes in and asking you to do something else. I think once he sort of settled down, found his role within the team, I think we'll see see a, a lot more from him because he's a, a very, very talented player. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I agree. To be honest, I think you're spot on, Dave. I think, to be honest, I kind of see him as that number 10, but Holmes has been playing really well. Um, so it's kind of hard to, you know, be harsh from Holmes to drop him. And I think Holmes brings... Um, I, I've talked about this before and people have been like, Ugh. but... I think I'm not comparing Holmes to Lewis O'Brien, but I think in this one specific trait of ball carrying, I think Holmes is our best uh, in terms of breaking the line. So, yeah, um, be interesting. But I tell you what else is interesting, Tom. Um, yeah. The amazing adventures of uh, the amazing Alva. Um, I think the fans could probably see I was trying my best The amazing Alva. As a centre forward, you know, the last thing you want is a goal drought starting off at a club started on my own up front and the really good set of fours like Jordan were rested. Um yeah it is pretty interesting actually Brady. Um we got again votes in. We got votes in. <laughs> there's, a, there's at least Double 20 figures. people interested. <laughs> but look it's More a good it's, it's a good laugh at the end of the podcast. Um so we had the epic Wagner's Barmy Army interrupted by dizzy penalties. Um, I actually think this is one of my favourite little illustrations so far. I don't know. Oh, what I particularly about... enjoyed it. Yeah, I don't know what it is about the way I've drawn the amazing elbow. It just looks really funny. Um, <laughs> so Alan Lee grabs. Oh, sorry, the amazing elbow <laughs> grabs the <What>? microphone. <laughs> See, in the in the middle of this big ruckus between the David Wagner Barmy Army and the dinner ladies. The amazing elbow grabs the microphone from Rambo and screams down it, dot, dot, dot. And uh, the voters decided that he screams, single man, reveal yourself. Um, What could that mean? Um, So he screams that down the microphone. 
Um, and this pauses the ongoing conflict between the Wagner army and the dinner ladies. And in the distance from the cowshed appears dot, dot, dot. Um, Brady, do you want to share your choice first, mate? Yeah, so in the cowshed um, appears, you know, appears a man that's dear to everyone at Huddersfield. It's uh, fresh from his tour. Um, a man who's well revered on this pod is it's Neil Warnock, and uh, <laughs> he's on his bike like he's been on uh, in his uh, Twitter videos. He's like, I'm in bag getting healthy. <laughs> so it's Neil oh, Warnock nice. on his bike. All right, that's good. That's good. Um, Siddle, do you want to go next, mate? Yeah, yeah I've got an, an angry and dizzy Stephen Chicken who's been a He's preparing uh, for to get revenge for his uh, dizzy penalty attempt from last season. He's been waiting for the opportunity. Oh, ch- yeah, Chicken's gonna. If Chicken wins again, he's gonna be in start to be in it more than the amazing elbow. It'd be quite good that maybe he'll become his sidekick or something. Um, <laughs> that's good. Um, oh, I haven't even written one down. Oh, so, and in the distance, uh. F- from the cow shed is in the distance from the cow shed is um oh, I'm just gonna go off the back of Matt, uh, Matt's thing, Matt Fotheringham with a with a Scottish flag, basically. There you go. There's mine. Well, Tom, you know when he was uh in charge, well, he had to step in when Felix yeah. was uh was ill. So yeah. German reporter compared him to Braveheart. I know. <laughs> well, he doesn't know where I live yet, so I should be okay, I think. Well, <laughs> that's all right. But if you, you know, <laughs> if you hear tonight, just a listen outside. Yeah. Um, <laughs> like whispering in my ear, listen here, lad. I don't <laughs> want to hear you bad mouthing me on that podcast. <laughs> And with that, we have ruined any chance of Mark ever being on this podcast. No, no. <laughs> I'm sure he'd want to come on and preview his own games where we're here. Yeah. But yeah, okay, cool. So our three options are in the cow shed. We either have Neil Warnock on his bike. Um, my favourite description of this from Dave, an angry and dizzy Stephen Chicken. I can just picture that now. And uh, Or it's Mark Fotheringham with a Scottish flag. So we'll put those to the vote. You will vote in your hundreds of thousands. And what will be the answer? We will have to wait and see. Um, but I think that's it. Tom, anything you want to add before we uh, say goodbye to listeners? Um, enjoy in Rotherham. I've got the car go. I really like going to Rotherham away. But um, yeah, enjoy it, everyone. It's, I, I, I enjoy that away end. Some good memories there, isn't there? Especially the, the Valentine's Day visit a few years ago. That was... Uh, quite memorable so yeah that's all enjoy it on saturday go on saturday dave anything you want to leave our listeners with uh no not no no pearls of wisdom this time okay that's fine <laughs> you hate our listeners it's fine i tell you who <laughs> i tell you who doesn't like hate our listeners though uh magic rock brewing oh, oh, oh look at that smooth as you like liquid like the beer um, oh he, so, yeah. he's on a roll here oh Keep it going, keep it going. Um, I tell you what, if you you know if you want to savor something good, you can get ten percent off uh, any orders you do online on their website with the code AHTTC10. So use it, uh, get ten percent off your orders, and uh, thank us later. Or you, you know, I'm in Magic Rock pretty much uh, after every home game. You can come say Brady. I just want to personally thank you for reminding me of the code AHTTC10. Uh, I'm buying you a pint. Yeah, by buying me a pint and just telling me how much you love this podcast. Um, But that'll be it. Um, Thanks to Tom and Dave for coming on. Thanks to you all for listening. And we will be back next time to Tarf and Out and Up the Town. Up the Town. So town play up Bring the car Back to Huddersfield
TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure. 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Lads, what's your favourite 90th minute goal? Got to be Heffley against Leeds. A shot from Moy and sliding in at the death, Michael Heffley. Great finish to the game. Shared with my family, only made better by ordering McDonald's via muck delivery afterwards. Three points, muck nugget share box, spot on. Order muck delivery now by the McDonald's app. You in. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. <laughs> 